0: no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law eighteen plus terms and conditions apply see website for details Jean Croisset and the mistress of adair house had hung behind when the older man came into the room where they were standing for an instant Jean had revealed himself and he was sure that adair's wife was not far behind him concealed in the deeper gloom suddenly the sound of a falling object came to his ears as if a book had dropped from a table or a chair had overturned. It was from the end of the hall, almost opposite his room. At his own door he stopped again and listened. This time he could hear voices, a low and unintelligible murmur. It was quite easy for him to locate the sound. He moved across to the other door and hesitated. He had already disobeyed Josephine's injunction to remain with her father should he take a further advantage by obeying john adair's command to bring his wife and daughter a strange and subdued excitement was stirring him since the appearance of the threatening face at his window the knowledge that in another moment he would have invited death from out of the night he felt that he was no longer utterly in the hands of the woman he loved and something stronger than he could resist impelled him to announce his presence at the door At his knock there fell a sudden silence beyond the thick panels. For several moments he waited, holding his breath. Then he heard quick steps. The door swung slowly open, and he faced Josephine. Pardon me for interrupting you, he apologized in a low voice. Your father sent me for you and your mother. He says that you must come and wake the baby. Slowly Josephine held out a hand to him. He was startled by its coldness. Come in, Philip she said, I want you to meet my mother. He entered into the warm glow of the room. Slightly bending over a table stood the slender form of a woman, her back towards him. Without seeing her face he was astonished at her striking resemblance to Josephine, the same slim, beautiful figure, the same thick, glowing coils of hair crowning her head, but darker. She turned toward him, and he was still more amazed by this resemblance and yet it was a resemblance which he could not at first define. Her eyes were very dark instead of blue. Her heavy hair, drawn smoothly back from her forehead, was of the deep brown that is almost black in the shadow. Slimness had given her the appearance of Josephine's height. She was still beautiful. Hair, eyes, and figure gave her at first glance an appearance of almost girlish loveliness and then, all at once, the difference swept upon him. She was like Josephine, as he had seen her in that hour of calm despair when she had come to him at the canoe. Homecoming had not brought her happiness. Her face was colourless, her cheeks slightly hollowed. In her eyes he saw now the lustreless glow which frequently comes with a fatal sickness. He was smiling and holding out his hand to her, even as he saw these things, and at his side he heard Josephine say, mother this is philip the hand she gave him was small and cold her voice too was wonderfully like josephine's i was not expecting to see you tonight, philip she said i am almost ill but i am glad that you joined us did i hear you say that my husband sent you the baby is holding his thumb laughed philip he says that you must come and wake him i doubt if you can get him out of the baby's room tonight the voice of adair himself answered from the door was holding it he corrected he's squirming like an eel now and making grimaces that frightened me better hurry to him josephine he went directly to his wife and his voice was filled with an infinite tenderness as he slipped an arm about her and caressed her smooth hair with one of his big hands you're tired aren't you he asked gently the jaunt was almost too much for my little girl wasn't it it will do you good to see the baby before you go to bed. Won't you come, Miriam? Josephine alone saw the look in Philip's face, and for one moment Philip forgot himself as he stared at John Adair and his wife. Beside this flower-like slip of a woman, Adair was more than ever a giant, and his eyes glowed with the tenderness that was in his voice. Miriam's lips trembled in a smile as she gazed up at her husband. In her eyes shone responsive gentleness, and then Philip turned to find Josephine looking at him from the door, her lips drawn in a straight, tense line, her face as white as the bit of lace at her throat. He hurried to her. Behind him rumbled the deep, joyous voice of the master of Adair house, and passing through the door he glanced behind and saw them following. Adair's arm about his wife's waist. Josephine caught Philip's arm and whispered in a low voice, they're always like that always lovers they are like two wonderful children and sometimes i think it is too beautiful to be true and now that you have met them i am going to ask you to go to your room you have been my true knight more than i dared to hope and to-morrow she interrupted herself as adair and his wife appeared at the door to-morrow he persisted i will try and thank you she replied then she said and philip sobbed she spoke directly to her father you will excuse Philip, won't you, mon père? I will go with you, for I have taken the care of the baby from Mohun to-night. Her husband is sick. Adair shook hands with Philip. I'm up mornings before the owls have gone to sleep, he said. Will you breakfast with me? I'm afraid that if you wait for Miriam and Mignon, you will go hungry. They will sleep until noon to make up for to-night. Nothing would suit me better, declared Philip. Will you knock at my door if I fail to show up? Adair was about to answer, but caught himself suddenly as he looked from Philip to Josephine. "'What, this soon, Mignon?' he demanded, chuckling in his beard. "'Your room's at the two ends of the house already. "'That was never the way with Miriam and me. "'Can you remember such a thing, ma chérie?' "'It—it is the baby,' gasped Josephine, backing from the light to hide the wild rush of blood to her face. "'Philip cannot sleep,' she finished desperately.' then i disapprove of his nerves rejoined her father good-night philip my boy good-night said philip he was looking at adair's wife as they moved away in the dim light of the hall a strange look had come into her face at her husband's jesting words was it the effect of the shadows or had he seen her start almost as if for an instant she had been threatened by a blow was it imagination or had he in the same instant caught a sudden look of alarm, of terror in her eyes. Josephine had told him that her mother knew nothing of the tragedy of the child's birth. If this were so, why had she betrayed the emotions which Philip was sure he had seen? A chaotic tangle of questions and of doubts rushed through his mind. John Adair, alone, had acted a natural and unrestrained part in the brief space that had intervened since his homecoming. Philip had looked upon the big man's love and happiness, his worship of the woman who was his wife, his ecstasy over the baby, his affection for Josephine, and it seemed to him that he knew this man now. The few moments he had stood in the room with his mother and daughter had puzzled him most. In their faces he had seen no sign of gladness at the reunion, and he had asked himself if Josephine had not told him all the truth, if her mother were not, after all, a partner to her secret and then there swept upon him in all its overwhelming cloud of mystery that other question which until now he had not dared to ask himself had josephine herself told him all the truth he did not dare to tell himself that it was possible that she was not the mother of the child which she had told him was her own and yet he could not kill the whispering doubt deep back in his brain it had come to him in the room quick as a flashlight when she had made her confession It was insistent now as he stood looking at the closed door, through which they had disappeared. For him to believe wholly and unquestioned Josephine's confession was like asking him to believe that da Vinci's masterpiece, hanging in the big room, had been painted by a blind man. In her he had embodied all that he ever dreamed of as pure and beautiful in a woman, and the thought came now had josephine for some tremendous reason known only to herself and jean tried to destroy his great love for her by revealing herself in a light that was untrue instantly he told himself that this could not be so if he had believed in josephine at all he must believe that she had told him the truth and he did believe in spite of the whispering doubt he felt that he could not sleep until he had seen josephine alone In a room John Adair had interrupted them a minute too soon. In spite of the mysterious and unsettling events of the night, his heart still beat with the wild and joyous hope that had come with Josephine's surrender to his arms and lips. Instead of accepting the confession of her misfortune as the final barrier between them, he had taken it as the key that had unlocked the chains of her bondage. If she had told him the truth, if this were what separated them she belonged to him and he wanted to tell her this again before he slept and hear from her lips the words that would give her to him for ever despairing of this he opened the door to his room End of chapter ten.